things are fixed. Did anything, did any of that get recorded? Uh, it did, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I want to say is that there wasn't, I mean, clearly you could tell who the ones that like, you know, it's so, we it's so weird because I was telling my mom about it. She's a very, very conservative lady. And she goes, that is conservative values. And I'm like, no, it's not. The conservatives were the ones who didn't want people to come in here. It was all like the hipster liberals who were like, don't like, don't stop progress in this town. Like yeah. making such great arguments of like, like currently I can't get an electrician to come here. I can't get like handymen because everyone's working and like, there's new stores getting built down here. There's there's four new restaurants that are coming up, two new hotels, which by the way, the town planning did let it slip that two new hotels are gonna get built here, which is why I think they were trying to pass the moratorium on short-term rentals. Ah, right. But no, it was the health and safety. And I'm like, yeah. that they think that like strangers are bringing COVID and it's like, none of you wear masks. And also, <laughs> had a huge COVID outbreak. Like, I think it's the disgusting. So you think it's the, the hotel lobby? The hotel lobby is like, oh, that's funny. It's called the hotel lobby. I didn't think about that. But the lobbyists for the hotel yeah. are like keeping people out? Probably. I mean, Hilton's going to come dump some money in here. They don't want cool short-term rentals bothering them. But it's like, it was just like, it was also stupid. I got mad that like it turned into a political thing where it was like, where it was like, oh, you know, this is capitalism, but it's like, it's, I mean, it's not, I mean, it is, but also like, you can be a, a, a progressive liberal and still also want to have a business you own and make money. So it's like, mm -hmm. you know, it was just like, it was interesting. It was like a, a look into this world that I never thought I would ever have to go to a city council meeting to like talk in front of them and be like, I lost everything during COVID. This is all I have. Don't take this away from me. Um, and then, and then I said I was a comedian, and then a bunch of people afterwards were like, "We're so excited for you to bring stand up to Twenty Nine Palms." So it's like, cool. I'm. I'll be the resident comedian. And someone, a random stranger, was like, "I like that." I didn't say I was a comedian. In town, was like, "I heard you're a comedian," and I'm like, "Oh yeah." So it's already like I'm already the fucking queen of this town. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. you, LA. Twenty nine Palms has has welcomed me. <laughs> that would be great. I mean, you could be like Stanhope, who just finds this little place, yeah, this little this little compound, and like just live there and do a podcast or do comedy shows, yeah. and have people flock to you. Like people are like, I'm moving to Twenty Nine Palms. Why? Where does, where does uh, Jenny Z. Uh, hell yeah. The, the burgeoning comedy scene of 29. It's just me. It's just he, me. he lives in Arizona, but I don't know where. It's like some small nowhere town that he uh, just. He just doesn't know nowhere. I mean, this is what kind of what it's like. I, uh, I, was, I actually contacted the base to bring stand up to the base because I'm like, well, I can hire my friends and the mm -hmm. government's got money. And the guy was like, I really support local comedy. And I'm like, it's me. I'm the only one here. So you support me. <laughs> Let me bring people here and give me money. <laughs> uh, this is great. I love this. I, I think you should totally do this. Because uh, I really I, I really don't like L.A. How long? You're not from here, right? No, no. I'm from uh, Minneapolis and Boston. Oh, nice. Is that where yeah. you got your start doing comedy? Uh, Boston, where I got my start. How was that? You hear so many 
where, no better place to start. No, why is there's that? Like, well, there's not the pressure of the, of the A cities like New York and LA, right? Like mm-hmm. you start there, you're stuck because everyone's seen you suck. But I was close enough and there was enough work in like one-nighters and stuff to get better and there were rooms. And Boston just like has a chip on its shoulder. So, you know, it's great to come from a place where you like had to, you know, fight for it versus yeah. I feel like not so much in like very friendly cities. <laughs> I know. Isn't there a state motto? Uh, you think you're fucking better than me? Yeah. <laughs> you think you're better than me? <laughs> Did you ever get to see like, I just, I love the history of Boston stand up because I just love all these crazy people. Like you listen, if you listen to stories of Boston comedy, specifically in like the 80s, <laughs> you you have to keep reminding yourself that the, the, you're talking about stand-up comedy because it's like, oh, fucking, bo- like fights would break out and fucking yeah. people would just beating the shit out of each other. It's like, this is over knock-knock jokes? Like, what the fuck is and going on? And making $100,000 a year I know. in cash. <laughs> blowing it on cocaine. Like, what is it? Uh, Cl- Le- uh, is it Le- Lenny Clark? Lenny Clark, like, yeah. Doing drugs and, like, then they never have to leave, too. That's the thing about Boston that I don't think you get in other cities is there is an old guard that will not die. Yeah. That there are clubs that will not play anybody else, but... Lenny Clark, uh, fucking Don, Don Gavin, one of my favorites. Don Gavin, Don yeah. Gavin's great. Um, yeah. fucking Steve, uh, like was it Steve Delfino? No. Steve, there's Steve Sweeney. There's uh, Steve Sweeney. Steve Sweeney. Yeah. Um, oh my god, I'm forgetting all the guys' names. Ah, who's the one that was in a movie recently? He's like, he's really funny. He's like a legend. Ah, oh, shit. What what movie? Do you know? He was in a movie where he had a kid. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Fuck. I don't think I've seen this one. No. <laughs> no, it's not Jimmy Tingle, but Jimmy Tingle, I think, is the guy. Just like those old guard. At this point now, I mean, it's been 10 years, so they they probably are getting close to dying. Yeah, they're all, I mean, they literally are an old guard. But yeah. I think, like, Lenny Clark had it best because didn't his brother owned a club. Yeah, Mike Clark owned yeah. a Owned a club attached to an Italian restaurant called the Leaning Tower of Pizza. And then, like, Barry Crimmins. And then there was, like, a lot of people that oh, yeah. started, but then went went elsewhere, obviously. Burr and... Yeah. Burr, Bobcat, uh, Garofalo, um, Poundstone. Um... And one of my all-time favorites, Ron Lynch, who you were in a movie with. And he, he's been in... He's, yeah, he's been in uh, some of my shorts. That's Oh, he's he's amazing. He does. What'd you say? Send me your shorts. Oh, I will. Actually, the short he's in. Send me your shorts. (laughs) Smell them. Yeah, like I like the hoarders episode. I'll just send you uh, my my, pillowcase, my dirty shorts. (laughs) Thankfully, OnlyFans uh, reversed the course, and I can sell those now. I actually started one because I'm trying to fundraise for my comedy special. So I'm like, you know what? I got a cute, I got a cute little face and body for another Mm -hmm. few years. Yeah, there you go. It's not gonna show any bush or tits. I'm good. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the thing that Ron was in uh, is more more like a drama, but his his scene is sort of funny. But uh, I love him. He's one of the, I I did the Tomorrow Show a handful of times back in the day. Yeah, and he's just one of my favorites. Including he would get me on the same dumb joke 
every time without fail when he was like starting out like you know the show and he would be like all right uh good crowd uh let me ask you how many and he would just raise his hand and that was it <laughs> how many, how many? <laughs> every time made me laugh there's a there's a comic in um in uh, in boston and i feel bad i forget his name he's really funny he has this one joke that makes me laugh every time and he goes um uh here's my impression of a confused owl <laughs> a what and that's <laughs> It's such a good joke. That is solid. God damn, that's a good joke. <laughs> I'll, I'll remember his name and then we will link him in the thing. Yeah, please. Um, Wait, I'm going to say, I'm going to open my mouth and then you can just put in me saying his name. Yeah, yeah. His name is... Okay. <laughs> oh man, that's a solid joke. So how long were you doing... Uh, stuff in Boston before you you moved on did you go to New York after that yeah I went to New York for a year and then I went to LA and then I did um uh by coastal so I was in New York I was in Boston so I went to college there too but I like kind of partially lived there since I was 11 because my mom lived there so I would say seven years from like 18 to 23 is that right no 18 to 20 I think 26 I left yeah. went to new york came here came to los angeles um yeah that's a, that's about it and i've actually been in la the longest place probably my entire life i've lived here all, eight years at this point wait no way is it seven i came in 2014 what is time uh let's see that would be seven years i guess okay so i'm on next year will be the longest i've ever lived in one place yeah and but then you're going to go to, 20, are you going to live in 29 Palms? Or are you going to stay Cal here? Let's say California. Let's say California, yeah. Um, you know, I just had, uh, you know, John from Stand Up New York on. And uh -huh. we were kind of talking about the difference between doing comedy in New York and L.A. And I was telling him when we were in Idaho, besides you, because you were, it was like just you and I and one other person from L.A. Or Bronson. two other people. Yeah, Bronston. And, but I was like, the people from New York, I just loved because it seemed like such a, a gang. Like they just seemed like a gang of comics together. And it's, I, it's like something I never really experienced in LA. Like, do you think that that's true or am I, nobody it's likes true. me? It's true. I mean, I had, I had a graduating, what I felt like was a graduating class um, yeah. in Boston that we would all hang out. We'd have party, like we had parties. Like I haven't been to a comedian party in years. Where yeah. it was like comics just having a party, yeah. you know, like we're having a barbecue. It's not anything related, but like my graduating class was like <clears throat> Ahmed Brucha, John Ozilay, um, Gary Peterson, um, and a, a little bit ahead of me was Josh Gomleman, Mike Kaplan, um, and so kind of we were all like of that. Oh, uh, um, uh, Zach Sherwin. Mm -hmm. uh was a little bit ahead of me too but like you know i still talk to those dudes and we still hang out and like but i don't i don't really have it sounds terrible but i don't have any like friends friends and stand up here besides people i met on the road so like one of my best friends is a comedian but she and i met years ago at a festival you yeah. know or like i have my new york comedy friends who i'm good friends with but they're either still in new york or they've moved here so i see them but 
LA comics, it's like, it, it just feels very like, I'm here to do one job. It's very much like, I didn't come here to make friends. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've always wanted to be on a uh, reality show because I yeah. want to say that line. Like when you get the testimonial, you know, of like how you're going to destroy the competition. But I've always wanted to say, I didn't come here to make friends. I came here to make best friends. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> I think, well, here's what the, the thing that makes me sad about it is like, I would like LA comic friends. Actually, I mean, I have friends. I feel like I'm, sounds like I'm like the loneliest person in the world. I have LA comic friends, but it's like the really close ones that you work with that's how you actually like make it in this business is not because like you landed an audition that's so rare it's because your friends and you worked on a project or your friend that you've been working with landed something and brings you along you know what I mean like it's not it sounds shallow to be like I'm in it for the business but it's like I want to work with my friends and yeah. I that's that's the goal is to is to make these friendships with people to be able to work on projects together that are really great. Yeah. And that's what makes it all more dramatic when you go to court against each other. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's not fun when you don't really know the person. You're like, eh, I gotta <laughs> sue on this person. But if you're like, I'm suing like this person I was friends with for 12 years. Yeah. I know all the dirt, you know? Oh, that's what I mean. <laughs> that's what I mean. But yeah, it's like, I guess I have, you know, I have other, I have other friends that make up all of that stuff. So, you know, maybe I don't need stand friends. Maybe they all suck. I have my yeah. real friends. I have college friends mm -hmm. and high school friends. Yeah. And we're all working towards our goals, and that's enough. Yeah, totally. Do you have any friends? Like, I've always said this. M the funniest people I know are friends who aren't in comedy. Like, uh, but they wouldn't yeah. know how to do comedy. But just, like, sh talking shit at the bar. Like, yeah. my friend who's a cop in Cleveland is, like, the person that makes me laugh harder than anybody. Yeah. But, if, like, if you put him on stage, you would melt down and cry and you know, wouldn't know how to <laughs> handle it. But, um, yeah, I don't really have a lot of L.A. friends or uh, L.A. stand-up friends. But also, most of – I spent more time, I guess, for a long time in improv, mm -hmm. which is regrettable. But uh, those no. are, I guess, uh, It was. That's – during the pandemic, that's what I – that's the thing I came away with, that it was <laughs> – regrettable. It was all regrettable. <laughs> Because they all improvise on Zoom. Oh my God, have you done it? I did it once. I did yeah. one improv Zoom show, and it's it. It was a bad show, but it also sucked because uh, we couldn't hear the audience, or we couldn't hear or see the audience at all. And I thought we could. That sounds terrible. Yeah, it was awful. But and we were doing this. Um, we did this form where it was three of us. And two of us were going to pitch a TV show to the third one. And the third one, who was the, like, the executive, was getting uh, suggestions from the audience live in yeah. the moment uh, of, <laughs> of what they would want to see in a TV show. I mean, improv's so stupid. I fucking hate it describing improv. It's so stupid. It's the worst. It's the well, worst. Julianne, did you walk outside the house tonight? So my friend Julianne is here. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Because <laughs> college friend from, from we went to film school together. So oh, nice. See, I have friends. She <laughs> was so polite. She walked outside of the house, front <laughs> yard, and then came around. That's a friendship. That's a that's a good friend. 
Oh, that's fine. It's a, it's a podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, am I, am I on the podcast? Now you are. Run, Juliana. <laughs> Do you have anything to plug? Do you have anything to plug, Juliana? Uh, myself. Herself. She's a accomplished uh, film writer and filmmaker. Oh, nice. And, um, all around great gal. Very cool. Yeah. No, seriously, what, what should we send people to? What, to people watch? What's your website? Juliana Schley.com. S C H E. Damn it. Just click <laughs> I hope somebody's driving and trying to write this down and crashes. <laughs> I tried. Um, oh, so yeah. he, was, he was getting suggestions in real time from the audience of what they want to see. And so we, were, we would like be like, okay, we got a show about a, a, a guy who comes back to his hometown. And they were like, you know, could the hometown be a big city? And we we're like, sure, yeah. We're thinking like Boston. And then at some point, the TV exec was like, I think we need a splashy opening for this pilot. You know, what's a what's a sort of thing that we can uh really bring in the audience? And somebody texted him or whatever, uh, marathon. And so I went, you know, I I hate to I hate to put a stop to this, but I just don't think that idea has legs. Oh, <laughs> you're a monster. And I was so, and everyone paused, like doing the show was like, uh, but I was so disappointed that I couldn't hear the audience hate me oh, in real time. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> But I did like Zoom stand-up show. I mean, it was all it was all terrible. I but I regret the Zoom stand-up because I, I think I became a worse comic. I don't I maybe got like like four good jokes out of it. And then mm -hmm. I have a like a 20-minute chunk that just I can't get to work in real life. Yeah. But that's what you know, I like during the pandemic, I was just because also improv theaters all <laughs> fucking went down one by one, like dominoes, uh, like Second City, IO, and they were all uh racist in institutions are they like well then fine but are they yeah. like gone gone well no i think uh they uh, second city and io both just sold to to something but who and knows then, what they're gonna do like second the guy the, the people that bought second city spent a lot of money they spent like 60 million dollars yikes and i don't know what that plan is i would just love to ask them be like what how are you gonna recoup 60 million dollars and then I thought, like, well, the one thing Second City has that the other improv theaters don't is that Second City taped every show. Every review is on video or whatever. Yeah. And so I don't know if they're gonna just gonna have interns going through all of that stuff. Like maybe they'll make a Pluto channel or you know what I mean? Like or not Pluto. Yeah, oh, Pluto. Yeah. Yeah, like a yeah, they could do like a Second City channel, yeah. get a few years out of that shit. <clears throat> Good, but then you get in. Then, yeah, but then you run into this thing like, how do you, how do you pay the people that were in those? You know. You don't. Yeah, I don't know, but you're talking about like Colbert and Steve Carell and Tina Fey, and I mean, it goes all the way back to Bill Murray. Like, they're not going to be like, yeah, go ahead. Bill Murray, though. Uh, they did. Yeah. Videotape. I mean, they had videotape in the 80s. 
I mean, yeah. I, well, I'm thinking the 70s. Uh, yeah, but I've definitely seen videotape of Bill Murray on the Second City stage. That's pretty cool. And they, they just did the reviews. So anytime they had like a big, you know, all, all their all their review titles are just puns. You know, what it's just like you to, to improv in the first place. Uh, laziness. Why? Why lazy? To me, it feels like the hardest thing. Um, because I didn't have to write. Oh, okay. But you have to meet up with people and practice. We, I never did that. So the, my, I was a, <laughs> no, but like, well, the theater I started at, which is no longer, was in Westwood and it was a very small place. And at, at no, at any time we only had like 20 of us, mm. but it was like killers. It was like um, Heather Campbell, who's done like uh, Who's Line and stuff like that. This was a place where like Dan Harmon and Jeff Davis of whose line and some other people kind of started yeah with with a guy named jd walsh who's a good friend of mine and it just became like this little troop and like i showed up at some point and uh matt jones was there he was great there so there was a lot of very good improvisers yeah and we would just do these like and it was on the ucla campus so we were mostly just doing shows to students yeah um eventually i went to like io but io was uh a drag like it wasn't it wasn't fun at all and like the shows really were not as good as what i was doing yeah. in westwood and i would do stuff at ucb but i never took any classes at these places i never took ucb classes or improv olympic classes and certainly not the ground lanes i'd still be doing it because it's yeah. like a it's like a phd but it really was laziness because i was just like I was trying to write scripts and I was like, well, I can't also then write stand up. But that's just what I told myself to get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, fair enough. Fair and enough. I, yeah. I did it because I didn't have to, I did stand up because I, I don't, it's so weird. It's like, I don't like, I like working with people. I love people. I just don't like doing like the improv, having to like be funny for other like with other people and like then having to tr and trust that they know what's funny and that always bothered me is like not having control i'm a control freak so of course yeah. stand up is like what i want yeah um i want all the attention i want it all for me um and i just never like you know with improv it just like it always became a competition with the other people who's supposed to be my teammates so i just was like it probably just isn't like a healthy environment for me yeah, no, I understand that. Yeah. And especially like, that's what I kind of bucked up against at IO, which was like, there was a, a hand, like half the team, the, the teams were way bigger, by the way, when I was doing stuff in Westwood, it was like three of us or four of us, maybe. But, yeah. in, but IO, they're like, cause they just push anyone through. They're just like, oh, you're on a Herald team now. We have like 10 people on stage at the same time, just sitting there. And I'm just like, are we moving? Are we going? What's happening? Like three yeah. people improv. I love watching. I actually years ago at the women in comedy festival, like the second year was done, maybe like 2010. I saw Sashir Zamata and Nicole Byer do their two person. Oh, that had to be amazing. Yeah. It was great. It was so funny. Yeah. It was perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was so crazy to like see them. Now that I think about it, damn, all this flies in here. <laughs> I'll, I'll edit them out. I'll CGI them out. Flies, yeah. Apparently it's fly season. There's like fly season. There was a monsoon a few weeks ago with 60 mile per hour winds. And like, oh my gosh. 
what is this climate? It's 106 <laughs> degrees, and I only have a swamp cooler. I don't have a. Um, oh, yeah, you have to get some AC. That costs four thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was it. And like with stand up, I had like ten minutes. I did the same sort of absurd as ten minutes for. Ever, yeah. You know, because I could just go anywhere and just plug that in. Like I went on yeah. tour. I went on tour with bands, and like that's what I could do. You know. Are you going to the Venice Underground next on Wednesday? No, should I? Oh, I'm gonna be there. So. Well, I might. I might. I, I might. Say like, because you because last time we chatted at the festival is like you were talking about how you wanted to expand and start doing new, different stand up like. Yeah. Which I fully support, hundred percent. Um. And that came from the pandemic, because that's what I yeah. mean. Like when when everything went away, I looked at improv and I was like, oh my god, it was, I have nothing. Like I have nothing to show. Like it, yeah. it was all castles made out of sand, you know. <laughs> and it was fun in the moment, but like, what am I gonna? I can't point anybody to anything, you know, because it didn't get recorded. It didn't get. And who wants to watch improv on YouTube? I mean, that's that's like a torture device for. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm, if I'm gonna watch, like, you know, like the fucking what, ass cats, ass hats or some shit. <laughs> nah, even that I can't watch. Ass hats. I even saw one ass hats. It was great. I'd love to see ass cats. <laughs> that sounds like a great one. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, um, how do you feel like your stand up is, do you feel like you're accomplishing that goal? um a little bit slowly it's been real painful it's been real painful of like uh of yeah trying to find like a voice yeah i i feel like for me the thing that's been the hardest is trying to not talk about sex and i know that it's part of me is like well it's such a human experience whatever but it is like there is more to life like there are other absurd moments in life that aren't solely related to penises mm -hmm. i mean there's so much to tell them what they are so i can figure it out but yeah, like we, we definitely tried to make it all about the penis but yeah there are a few I things that escaped penis. escaped I love, us i love penises i haven't seen one in so long it's been like hey, 29 palms there should be like okay i did hook up with a stranger in the desert which was really really fun i had like a really bad string of like hookups like very bad very bad and then uh, randomly went on a Tinder date with this guy and we ended up going to this townie bar that I was like, I want to go to this townie bar. I love townie bars. These big townies bought us drinks and we're like, you guys are on a date, aren't you? And we're like, yes. And they're like, here's a sex on the beach. And then they <laughs> told me a racist joke and I was like, here I am. So... <laughs> And then we went to the casino and then we made out in front of a casino. And I was like, which, uh, which slot machine you want to make out in front of? And he was, and we made out in front of the cats one. And oh, then nice. um, we went up into the Joshua tree and then he ate me out in the back of my car uh, under a full moon. It was a fabulous desert date. I gotta, I gotta admit that does sound kind of romantic. It was really romantic. It was great. <laughs> Kudos to that dude. Um, you put a little sade behind like this this visual, and it's like uh, that would be great. Yeah, no, just a didgeridoo. <laughs> just the sweet sounds of didgeridoo as the yucca man comes up over the hill. <laughs> um, but 
you know, like I'm trying, like, you know, from the city council, I kind of got a grain of like an idea for something else. Um, and like, you know, also just trying to be like, I guess the hard thing is that sex is so relatable and it's really hard for me to find other things that are relatable. Like, I don't know, I don't know how it's been for you of like trying to mine for those more, more deep feeling things. Well, since, since I've been married, I thought, oh my God, that's it, like another impetus of all this, which is like, oh, now I can just do Ray Romano's act. <laughs> yep. And it's slow to come because there's definitely been like some moments where being married, I've been like, oh, that's a, a funny bit. But um, I don't know. Then, then I, I've also been sidetracked writing this pilot. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, that's also been taking. And I, I really think like, like I, I, I want to be funny on camera ultimately, yeah. you know, cause my wife, yeah. my wife was like, you know, she was helping me with stuff and she was like, you know, she, I, she was like, what's the goal? And I was like, well, I'd like to, I'd like to tour and be like a touring comic. Yeah. But uh, then I, in the same sentence, I was like, but the minute if I sell this TV show, it's done. I'm definitely being those guys that just like, oh, I fucking don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> you know, like. Uh, yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. I think, I think I'm starting to be okay with the shift of like, I really would like to be more of like an actress in the stuff I make and like yeah. be okay with like letting stand-up go. And I think yeah. that's, been, that's been a really big fight for me um, of like that identity of like, I'm a comic. And it's like, well, I don't lose being a comic. Like, you know, mm -hmm. that doesn't get lost. You just like become something else. It's still your stuff. You know, I, I agree. I'm so glad you're saying this because it's like exactly what I think in my head. Because I'm also yeah. like, as much as I love stand up, in my heart of hearts, I want to be Chevy Chase. Like, not as much of an asshole in real life. I just mean in the movies. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you want to like make funny stuff. Also, if I would totally suggest to people um, uh, go through the Leslie Kahn Institute just mm -hmm. for comedy acting, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. As a stand up, they, they break it down like you would a joke and they and, it, and it's stuff that you already intrinsically know how to be funny like with reversals and rules of three and list building and that stuff but they just help you find it in scripts yeah which can be hard to to just find if you're not writing it and then also um my uh, myra turley is my acting coach and i take lessons from her and she's been great oh nice so we'll talk about it after the podcast but um <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just like, I just, I think I'm, I am like burnt out on the road. Like, like it's fun, but like, you know, I'm ready for, the, I'm ready for the next chapter. I'm ready to like have a kid and like get a family, but that's, you know, that's as unfortunately as a woman, that's, that is the road and that are two very wildly different things that I don't think. Can sure. Be. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to be six months pregnant in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At the, at the fucking the desert pouch, you know, telling. <laughs> <laughs> well, they could probably still smoke. Town comedy zone. <laughs> Stavaganza comedy mine. 
Because like the one bit I was like really excited about and learning was when I was in Idaho and I almost got killed by that guy at that strip club <laughs> that, that had Kill Now tattooed on his head. But I always go back to like, God, this would make such a great scene in something. You but know? haven't you had enough of those? What? <laughs> haven't you had enough of those? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think we've had, I think at least for me at my age, I've had enough of those. Like I almost got rushed. I got rushed at a show recently. And like, I was just like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that anymore. Like I, there's just a point where I'm like, I want a controlled place where people want to come see me. And I'm just like, blah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And frankly, I'm better with two takes. I'm better. I'm better better when I can kind of run it again, which is not what a stand-up comedy, stand-up audience wants to hear. Like, hold on, let me, I think I saw, I was watching uh, Dennis Miller's latest stand-up act. I think he did, he did a joke twice because it didn't, it didn't, it flubbed, he flubbed it the first time. And he's like, he's like, hold on, babes, I'm going to do this again. And he did the joke again, which is bizarre. Yeah. But more bizarre that they left it in. That is really weird. Yeah. I was like, guys, edit. <laughs> was, yeah. the editor, was the editor just like, give me the footage and yeah, you're done. You're good. Give me my check. It's like uh, uh, that one take with Ari Shafir where they let him say the full name of that comic. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. And like, just like cut the name out. Like I, the jokes were shitty and awful, but like- yeah. At least cut the fucking name out. Like, yeah. come on, it, who's who's asleep at the Ari Shafir wheel of editing? <laughs> I was like, this guy's a genius. He could say anything he wants. Yeah. Those are my feelings. <laughs> Is he a friend? Is he coming on? Is he the co-host? Uh, no, I've only <laughs> met him like once or twice, and it was not uh, remarkable. Yeah, me either. He's fine. <laughs> He's great. I love all comedians. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. It's like COVID was a definitely a mirror of like, well, what's important to you? And I think where I am right now, I kind of got, got stuck where it became survival and money were important to me because that's yeah. what allows me to do the thing that I love. So I got st- I'm stuck with this Airbnb. <laughs> like I had that moment where I was like, when I was at the town hall and I was like, I used to be, I used to fucking hang out at after our bars with Dave Chappelle and watch him and all these other comedians do coke. And now I'm in a 29 Palm high school gymnasium <laughs> talking to the mayor of town. What has become of me? Don't be too hard on That's not a uh, downward. That's, that's more sideways. It's That's a weird sideways. sideways. Like, I'm sidewaysing it right now, but I'm also like, I want to, if you're going sideways, you also can't go up. That's true, yeah. So, so everything is pretty much at the same level as it was, but I'm ready to move down to the next level, but I can't move until like this is done. Yeah. yeah. Who, who were some of your favorite comics when you were like starting out or growing up or whatever? I love and continue to love Marie Bamford. Um, mm-hmm. I remember my uh at the time i was dating this comic and we for it was the women in comedy festival we like waited an hour to go do her workshop because we were just like so excited 
Yeah, she's so and, good. Like, I still love her and I love watching her and like it's also been really awesome to like he like I don't think this happens so much in music, but it's comedians, you get to hang out with your with the people you respect. Like and actually hang out with them. Yeah. Like it's not just like in passing, it's like we're on the same show, we're in the same green room. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. So her um you're you're right because you could start a band and there's zero chance you're ever hanging out with Aerosmith. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or whoever the kids like, are listening to today, I don't know. Are they, they are they still cool? Yeah, but yeah. Yep. Like I fucking you know like I said was like after our bar with Dave Chappelle. That's awesome. Yeah. The comedians ball in New York, awesome. Like there's just this stuff that like where you get to be around your peers. Um, I really I've always really liked. Bill Burr a lot. I I'm kind of having some issues with him now, but I'm also kind of at the thing of like, <laughs> well, who cares? Who cares? People you love have shitty opinions and you still love them. So <laughs> I don't that's, that's the thing too that like becomes such a problem is like the people you love are humans and have shitty opinions. Mm-hmm. All the celebrities you love. And as long as you're not like trying to eat people like army hammer yeah I'm like, you're, I'm, you're pretty cool as long as you're not like racist and sexist to like to like a dumb point like i understand there's like sexism and mm-hmm. you sometimes either check it or you just kind of roll your eyes at like how dumb it is mm-hmm. but like um you know you whatever like it's it's uh exhausting to like track people and like all that shit but, but Burst, uh, Burst had such an amazing career of the arc is always, to me, it seems like he's always on the wrong side of something and it just eventually he'll come around. Yeah, like there's, like his early stuff, there's a lot of like real sexist shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but yeah, eventually, still, eventually you've watched this person learn shit and, it, and he's think, still hilarious, you know? I think Bill Burr is like a, an example of the human condition. Of like, <laughs> yeah. Like let it learn. It, it eventually like learns versus like the only time I see him double down stuff is people are like attacking him over shit. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's, but that's na- human nature. They're always, people always double down. They don't ever, no one's ever been like gotten attacked and been like, Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. They're always like, go fuck yourself. So um, him, I really love Greg Giraldo. Actually uh, my, my dad and I, a few months before he died, I was, my dad and I were hanging out and I was like, we should go see a stand-up show because I just started. And Greg was at the House of Comedy. So we went to the Mall of America and it was like me and my dad like bonded and had this great time. The first comedy show I ever saw, um, and this was early on, I loved Louis Black. So it was Louis mm-hmm. Black, loved him. Dave Attell and Mick Hedberg. You know what's so funny? I've never been a Hedberg guy. I'm not either, but it was yeah. like, uh, you know, cool. Mm-hmm. It's more cool now in retrospect, but he's dead. <laughs> I just like uh, so many people, and and it's all people whose opinions and tastes I trust are always like he he was amazing. I just mm-hmm. never he never I never got into him. It's not even like I think he's bad. It's just it's like a South Park thing. I've never gotten into South Park, but it's I understand. Yeah, but I just understand. I understand why people are into South Park. Yeah. And, I, and maybe I think initially I, I'm such a huge uh, Stephen Wright fan 
that I thought that Hedberg was a little too Stephen Wright-ish. Austin, Austin, yeah. I think, uh, I, I just like, to me, one-liners get very boring after a while. I like watching people because I like the stories they tell and I like getting to, to have that connection with the person. I know you do one-liners, not to, not to. No, but that's what I, yeah, but you're 100% right. That's what I wanted to move away from, which was like, yeah, just, just doing like, one-liners. I want to invest in the person. Yeah. Wanna, if I'm listening to them on invest. Like that's why I love, oh, I love currently, love Kyle Kinane. Yeah, Kinane's awesome. Like, so, he's so funny. He's such a good storyteller. The way he words things is just like, wow, wow. Ali Wong, same thing. Just mm -hmm. like, so smart, so funny. Um, I'm trying to think of like people I just love watching. I love my friend Joyelle. I love watching her. She's keeping her special soon, but she's just like, so fun to watch so just like herself and i think that's what attracts me to it i think that's what attracts me to stand up in general is like the people i loved were like you know were very much themselves mm -hmm. yeah then that, that goes back to what i'm struggling with which is like just be yourself it's Do like, you know who you are um not in stand-up when I'm writing, I can write like that's the unfettered like that. I'm giving you what I what I am. Yeah. But on stage, no, nah, I'm still I'm still struggling to be that person. I mean, sometimes I just pick. I'll sometimes I'll pick a topic. You know what's so funny? Okay, I'll write an opinion of what I think I think, mm -hmm. and then in the middle of that writing, I'll be like, "That's not true. That's not true at all. Like this is actually what I think. Like I've been writing this." bit about not liking hot people because hot people suck mm -hmm. and as I've been writing it it's a funny bit and I got the part about not liking it but then I was writing it and I was like that's not true like I want to be hot I want people to want to fuck me all the time what am I talking about you know and that in itself is like very funny of like who am I I'm this person who wants to be like cool and like seem like I don't give a fuck but deep down I give so many fuck <laughs> that's all I do is give a fuck all I do is give a fuck. Please think I'm hot. Oh no, it's all I have. If you're not laughing, can you whistle at me? I mean, just yeah. I just need the Please constant. Objectify me. <laughs> so yeah, so maybe just like take a an opinion you have, and then maybe see if you can do the opposite of that opinion. Is that your true opinion on it? Yeah, it's something to think about. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna give it a shot, but I, I I do that in real life. I mean, I'm just like. Because I love the idea of arguing. I, I can argue both sides of something. Mm -hmm. But it gets to the point where I'm like, I don't even know what I actually believe. I mean, that in itself is a funny idea. Yeah. That you're just like, especially too, you're like, I've lived this entire life, but I still don't know yeah. what I want. Which, maybe that's the big secret, is that no one knows. No one ever knows what they want. Yeah. And if they do, don't trust them. It's true. That is true. My dad has changed so many religions, and every time he's, him, he's like, "This is it. This is the one." And I'm like, "No, it's not." Wait, how many religions has he changed, or how many has he gone through? Changed four times. Four times. What What are the four religions? The main ones. The main ones. Yeah, he's been all the big ones. So what did he start he as? Buddhism. Okay. Catholic, Jew, Muslim, back to being Catholic. Wow. And very much rejects, like, 
I was like trying to get him to meditate. And I was like, Dad, you should meditate. I'm not, I'm, I don't meditate yet. It's, it's so selfish. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's about being in this, in yourself, Jenny. It's all about the self and like your inner self and like you are the self. And I'm like, yes, you are the, you are yourself. <laughs> Breathe. Just like, it's about deep breathing, Dad. And he's like, no, it's selfish. I'm going to go take a cold shower for Jesus. No, excuse me, I gotta lay out a rug. And uh, which way is Mecca? <laughs> I mean, those are some switches. Candles over this bread. That's not even like just different forms of Christianity. I mean, those are like just fucking fuck that shit I was into. No, oh, yeah, like, like, that was wrong. This is right. No, actually, that was wrong. This is right. I'm like, just be like, just what is it? They all came from Abraham. Just be like, I like Abraham. He, Cool. And there's something hilarious about swinging back to Catholicism that really makes me laugh. Well, it's like Catholicism is, seems like it's not a young person's religion. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I feel like Judaism feels like a young person's religion. <laughs> We're just out here being weird. Like, we don't know. Who knows? I'm neurotic. Isn't that fun? And Catholicism seems like the religion you go to when you're like, um, you know, the world's changing. What is the least? Where can I have the most power as a man who doesn't understand the world he lives in anymore? Uh, yeah, where are we still? Yeah, yeah, totally. I because because I grew up Catholic, and the one thing is like it never leaves. Yeah, it never leaves you, which is really funny to me that he tried so many other places. Because like I haven't gone to church in twenty some years. Yeah, but but it's like, you know, I, somebody's joke was like, I don't I don't fuck on Christmas. Because, you know, because I grew up Catholic. It's like, you just can't. I don't know. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, uh, I mean, and then I guess, I guess it's also too, is like when you're that into something, like, of course your obsession is going to go away. I was really into corn at one point. <laughs> really loved corn. Thought corn was it. Thought corn was going to be the one. I thought I was going to love corn forever. They are like the Beatles. They were your Beatles. I love the Beatles with the before corn. It was the Beatles for me. The Beatles are my Beatles. <laughs> that is that is the as big a switch as your dad's religion. It was like age five to eleven was like the Beatles, and then twelve it was like but I'm angry. <laughs> and so, so then I got into corn. Which the other day I had a dream that I was dating Jonathan Davis. Oh wow! Three days, three days that's not the first time I've heard this, by the way. I've heard. I mean, a, what I, I another woman once told me she had a dream about that guy is this guy <laughs> sexy did i not know about this guy no I mean, he's not particularly sexy but he's a capricorn um mm. we uh a few days ago i had a dream that i was dating jonathan davis but we had previously dated oh and we were like kind of trying to get back together <laughs> weird. so it was like a like a part two of a dream like yeah, or like your dream had a backstory part one <laughs> I, yeah, I I just came into the sequel. Did your dream? Does your dream go through notes like a note session? Be like, there. They should be like. Uh, they should have a history together. Yeah. Pretty much, pretty much. There's a director. And so you're now you're gonna film a, a special coming up. So yeah, November fourteenth, we're filming a special. Actually, uh, John who's uh, with the New York Comedy, they do the New York Comedy Festival, right? Uh, I believe so. Comedy. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm filming it. It's their kind of feet, like they're featuring it, basically, like 
as part of the festival. That's it's great. Be great. We get some seats, some butts in the seats. It's gonna be November fourteenth, um, at Little Fields in uh, in Brooklyn. Nice. And you've set up a, a GoFundMe so we can start tracking people there. One bit. And then yeah. I'm gonna do it um, with my fans and myself, and then I'll do my OnlyFans and see if that gets some people. So yeah, it'll be great. That's exciting. I'm excited. Yeah. I think. I think I'm excited. It's been nerve wracking. Like trying to ask people for money sucks. Yeah. And like the people who've already done it are go have already people who are going to support have already supported it. And now it's the process of like, hey, the rest of you give me your money. Yeah, yeah. So but that's where you get creative. So hopefully you'll I think you'll come up with some things. Yeah. What is your OnlyFans? I mean, let's just drive people everywhere we can. It's Jenny Zagrino. Um, I'm going to go today, put up some photos um, of a, a underwear shoot I did a few years ago. And then I think once I get the hot tub in here, I want to do some uh, cute hot tub photos for my fans. <laughs> That's fantastic. Multi-purpose. Just, you know. Also, I mean, it's just, I'm just like, you know, it's just, it's not, there's not going to be, not, there's nothing sex, there's not, no nudity, nudity. Right. So it's fine. I'm also very happy that they started, um, uh, they are letting porn stars do their thing again, because I had a lot of porn star friends that I felt guilty about getting an OnlyFans, knowing that they were trying to ice them out. That was a quick flip-flop. Yeah, because they, they lose everything. Yeah. So, and it's also like, well, now the community's like, well, are you going to do it again? Like, these banks are a bunch of prudes. It's also like, how much more money do you need? Like, what do you need? You have so much money. Well, there's like this thing of, um, so what, the banks first cracked down on Pornhub. Mm -hmm. Right? And then, but the thing is, like, they're saying, which I guess is sort of admirable, that they're afraid that kitty stuff will be up there. I don't know. Is this really happening? Like, well, the kitty stuff. Uh, this was told from a from a my friend who is a porn star. A lot of that kitty shit's on Facebook. Really? A lot of that I... shit's, a lot of that shits on the on the other things that they don't crack down on, hmm. right? But like, with that stuff, it's like it's still aren't they? I mean, it's still monitored, right? You would think so. I mean, I haven't had Facebook in a long time, so it sounds like I got wild after I left. Facebook is an awful, awful place. I want to leave it so bad. They're all they're all terrible. Uh, this is another thing John and I talked about, which is because um, I was like, I, maybe I'm going to open up like a rehab center just for phones. That would be great. And like 28 days, you don't have your phone, you don't have social media, you don't have the news, and and like because it it's a real problem, and we all know it's a problem. We all acknowledge that we're on our phones way too much. Yeah. But we're not but we're not doing anything about it. It feels good. Why do I, there's there's so little that brings people joy in this world right now. All they have is the little kit they get. But family. I feel like uh, I feel like having cuz I only have Instagram. Yeah. Um Did you my, for Instagram though? Yeah, that's what I always hear. It's always it's aimed it's owned by the same people. But I but I don't yeah. but I don't bother with Facebook. I mean, I don't have it and I don't have Twitter. And leaving Twitter was the ultimate that was the best walking yeah. away from that is the equivalent of like like walking away from a bar fight at 2 a.m you know <laughs> that's a fun joke there's a joke right there 
Yeah. That is a joke, and you leaving social media actually would probably be a really great concept to talk about. Yeah. Because I was thinking, like, because they are using this kitty stuff as, like, the reason to crack down on everything. And I'm just like, man, because now, like, Apple, I don't know if you saw this, but Apple is like, we might be going through your phones to catch. Yeah, I'm sure. It's always in the name of, like, the children. That's, right. that's you know, it's bad when it's fake is it's in the name of the children. The yeah, it's all bullshit. Children. And it makes me, and I always think, like, I don't know why we have these things now because it's it's such an invasion of privacy of like why do we have phones why do we have this stuff if we know that those companies those tech companies can go through and scan everything they know where we they know where we're going they're tracking us but i really don't know why pedophiles have cell phones i mean it's very dumb of them yeah go go analog you know what it's like it's so it's like it's it's such grandstanding because you know that apple and amazon all those companies totally like feed into some kind of form of child porn in some way. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not like yes. Winami, but I'm sure Jeff Bezos is like, fuck you, kid. <laughs> Sorry. Weird, <Like, laughs> but like, 100%. That's why Epstein died. It's because they all, they all did it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're not, not going to crack down. They just, they just want to go through your stuff. When you have that much money, you, I think you might be surprised how quickly you run through everything you can do in life. Yeah. Sex, especially sexually. And you're like, yeah. But it's like, oh, I went to space. What's what's next? What's next? Uh, all right. Give, like, me that, give me that kid. Right. You know what we should do? We should tell billionaires that there is a way to have eternal life and become a ghost. Like we could physically make you a ghost. You just have to kill yourself. <laughs> but then you live forever as this ghost. And you can do all the cool earthly stuff, but you're just a ghost. And then they kill themselves. And they're like, oh, you're an idiot. Yeah, we got you. We got you. Turns out you can't do shit as a ghost. All you can do is push these keys off of a table. Good luck, Jeff Bezos. I'm Which would be annoying if they really just did it all the time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'd stop. I'm all for killing billionaires. Go for it. There's not yeah. one good one. Is there, there, a- it was Elon for like a minute and he was like, I'm the king of Doge. And I feel like that sucked sucked me out of five hundred bucks. Oh yeah, it sucked a lot. I mean, I didn't, I didn't do it. I'm in, a, I'm in Ethereum. Thank you. Peace See, I'm, I'm missing all of it. But I like that QAnon needed, like, I, I like the one thing about QAnon. I felt like they they felt special because they were like, we know that rich people are fucking kids. It's like, yeah, read a history book. It's like yeah. it's it's throughout history, every civilization. <laughs> That's the thing too, where I'm just like, are you guys all, you all think this is new? That politicians are garbage? Yeah. Where have you guys been? Where have you been? Yeah. That's, that's the thing that's like blowing my mind is I'm like, you guys, you guys know better. Yeah. Just look at a painting. Like every painting from like the 15th century is like some guy with like five kids that weren't his. They're like, he died, uh, you know, with no offspring. Like those were, you yeah. You know, he held for that painting, and then once the guy was like, I've, I'm finished, he, like, face-fucked all those kids. You know, uh, so Peter Paul Rubens, um, one of his jobs as, like, a court painter was, like, basically to, like, paint porn for this one guy. I forget his name, but he basically was, like, the guy was, like, I want you to paint all the beauties of Europe. So whenever he would travel, he would have to paint, like, a hot, naked chick for this guy. Yeah. Which is hilarious. That's, you know, yeah, it's so, so funny. funny. Yeah. 
What a, what a job. I <laughs> it's an interesting book. It actually, the book I'm reading is called Fear of the Black Body, which it sounds weird, but it's about basically uh, our culture's fat phobia is rooted in racism. And like how uh, way to differentiate yourself as a white person was to look as different from uh, a minority body as possible, which tended to be like larger and more voluptuous. Oh so yeah, you is that right? Like, yeah, so you have like, you know, the quote unquote whiteness is like to be thin, white, and frail, right? And like, oh, I'm dying. And then yeah. like, and then like the way they're portrayed in art. It's a really interesting book. Uh, it's also a really weird book to read on an airplane <laughs> next next to an African-American person. I'm always like, oh, no. Yeah. Hey, hey, I, get, a, get a load of this. Yeah, I'm just like, uh, just so you know, this is a book. Um, it, it's a book on uh, racism, and it's not a, a book on how to fear Black people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm an ally. Like that. I might check it out because I just, I feel like I brought this point up not too long ago of like it's interesting that as society we for a long time propped up very tall thin women as yeah. like the uh, as the uh, pinnacle of beauty or or the the standard you know what i mean yeah when in reality and maybe this will upset those types of women but the most useless in <laughs> In, in the, like, the bigger thing, you know what I mean? Like, if survival yeah. is a thing that human beings have to go through, that's not helping they're anybody. Dead. They're dead. They're yeah. dead, and they're useless. They can't milk a cow. They can't lift wood. Can't do shit. You yeah. want a hardy European lady? <laughs> yeah. You want a hardy Eastern European lady with a big old butt that can move <laughs> shit in your house? And build things for you. Exactly. I'm single. If anyone is a man, <laughs> I can build you a fence. Um, I can't. I can barely build a fence. I can maybe plant a cactus for you. But yeah, it's like um, it was like this idea that basically, and I'm not all the way done with the book, but like once the slave trade came to Europe, it the the way the bodies were looked at were one of fascination and then turned into one of like uh of it being second class to like the white body right wow. so and it's really it's just really interesting so like for a while it was like in europe these white these thicker fat white women were seen as like beautiful and then as soon as like africans came in it was like suddenly unfashionable and you also see it like too in America in the 20s. So the 1900s and the 20s, we have this huge influx of immigrants coming in, a lot of Eastern European immigrants, um, a lot of like the more, you know, hardy, thicker ladies and how else to differentiate yourself from the Greeks and the Italians coming in than to be a thin, waspy, white, wafy lady, you know? Right, yeah, yeah. So. So then you have like this boost in the dieting industry when all these immigrants are coming in to basically be like, we are, we're Protestant white ladies. We're different. Look at, we can barely lift our heads. I know we're passing out every five minutes because we're <laughs> wearing corsets, you know. That's also another really, can I tell one more little interesting fact? And yeah. Totally like talking about nothing. But like, 
that idea of like red lips, pale skin, and like red cheeks. That's like um, that's a a, a symptom of the consumption mm-hmm. of like disease, and like so that because people were dying so often from like these diseases, they became fashionable to look like. Yeah, yeah. it's like the heroin chic of its time was like tuberculosis. <laughs> It's hot. Yeah. The, the scurvy babe of the month. Yeah. Like. <laughs> These bow-legged babes. <laughs> <laughs> Want to get your vitamin C all over them. I think that's a good place to to wrap up. We'll, uh, <laughs> uh, let's let's one more time say the the GoFundMe and stuff. GoFundMe. Uh, it's on my. It's on all my links. Jenny Zagrino on all the Instagrams and TikToks, and it's all linked there um so far we have over three grand which is awesome if i could get another three grand that'd be dope um and uh yeah i'm gonna be begging family and using credit cards and you and you have you have right up to uh november right yeah. is that how gofundme works okay yeah well, GoFundMe cool. is like for a while like it's till it's done so you don't do it anymore oh great and, and it's not like kickstarter right like that no. th- three yeah. grand goes to it right yeah, you don't yeah. have to meet it that's so awesome. All right. Well, you're yeah. going to make it. And I can't wait to watch it because I just, I just think you're hilarious. Oh, thank you. I mean, maybe I'll see you on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um... <laughs> All right, Jenny. Uh...